The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. And uh, like we mentioned before, we always end up on the holidays. So let us be the first person (laughs) here to welcome or say happy Memorial Day to all the, you know, the fallen soldiers. And, you know, hopefully today you get a time to kind of reflect and think about the people that we lost that fight for our country. So it's a very important holiday, um, you know, when you look at it for the meaning. Um, But, you know, it is a good time to spend and, you know, cook out and hang out with your friends and your family. So a very important holiday and we're happy to be here. So if you're grilling out, having some adult beverages, hopefully you can tap in and listen to us talk. Uh, We love doing it for you and we appreciate everybody. So with that being said, Aiden, um, what is your favorite Memorial Day food or tradition? Yeah, I also want to add a quick, if you have a loved one who went through, who didn't make it out of the service and was a fallen soldier, then equally happy Memorial Day to you. And thank you for everything that you and your family has gone through and sacrificed for this country. Because while while we're honoring the soldiers, we also recognize that there are families that have been affected by this as well. But in terms of, on a lighter note, in terms of what I enjoy about Memorial Day, it's it's gonna sound shallow, but my favorite thing is just the day off. I mean, when you get through Christmas, like Christmas, you get I at least I take a lot of vacation around Christmas, but then I use the next five months to really just grind and accumulate the vacation hours. So I am looking forward to a day off of work. That's my thing. <laughs> Fair enough, and that's always good. Like I. I- I do enjoy a day off. I do enjoy like I, I say this before, and if anybody listens to it, I'm I'm such a holiday guy. So like I get entrenched in whatever that holidays thing is. So for me, Memorial Day, it's gonna be burgers, it's gonna be hot dogs, it'll be adult beverages. So grilling out, like being the man with the you know the sweat rag <laughs> on my shoulder, cooking on the grill. So I, I just you know for me, like you said, the day off, but kind of diving into that is always a good thing for me. So question for you, since. You're a family man. You have a wife. When you, when you're celebrating Memorial Day and there's a grill involved, let's say you have both your wife's family and your family in town, as well as you. Who's controlling the grill? Are you the grill guy, no matter who's at home, or is there somebody that supersedes you? You know, it's funny. It, it's it's kind of parlayed into that lately. As I've gotten older. 
you know, the, 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 the tongs have been passed instead of the baton. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of by default been me, which I enjoy. Like I, for me, my wife is an amazing cook. She actually went to school for culinary so she can cook really well but summertime is kind of like my domain anytime in the summer where there's grill cooking or any type of food that's like got to be charred you know charred i'm your guy i love it i enjoy it it's something uh you know what is it what is it like uh animalistic to it i just love it so yeah i'm I'm your guy when it comes to that and speaking of days off it's you recently had a vacation tony on the beach how's florida yeah it was so me and my wife you know, anniversary vacation, um, a week in, in Fort Lauderdale was awesome. It was, you talk about time off, like it was exactly what I needed. I just need a little bit of a disconnect. Um, if I was on my phone, it's cause I felt like it is not because I had to, you know, but it was good to be on the beach, eat a lot of good food, be in some warm weather. Um, I know like you in Texas, the warmth is something you're very familiar with in <laughs> Massachusetts. Like I got to find it sometimes. And, and right now is when it starts to get a little bit warm, but uh, it felt good to get down to Florida and be like in the mid eighties every single day. It was awesome. So as a Texan, I get tired of the heat pretty quick. Were you tired of it after the seven days or could you have gone another week? You know, so I said it to my wife, like the first day we were on the beach, we didn't have like a um, an umbrella. So like the sun can be a little much on, on a beach with no umbrella. So the second day yep. we made sure, but like day two through six, when we we're on the beach, I was like, I could live like this. You know what I mean? I could just a little bit of shade in this, my feet in the sand, you know, some water or in the water. It was, it was a good time, but it was actually funny. I, um, I'm just a kind of quick, funny story. I'm not like a big seafood guy. I'm not like a fish guy. Like I, I, I'll go fishing. I don't love like the idea of touching fish, but a Boston guy who's not into yeah, seafood. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely a, an outcast when it comes to that up here. But um we were in the water and people to the left of us started like yelling and shouting. And it wasn't like like they were scared, but it was like they were startled. And I'm like, I'm not really sure why these people are doing this until like two seconds later I looked down and we were in the school of spanish mackerel that swam like right by us so it was like 10 of them that swam by me and like one of them touched my thigh two of them were swimming through my legs i i jumped out of there out of that water like a jesus lizard you know i was walking on water <laughs> i ran i was gone and like my wife was like you're gonna go back in the water i'm like i need to i need to relax a little bit but so that was a little bit of a welcome to florida here's here's the wildlife for you I think of myself as like a, I'm not scared of a whole lot. Like not, a, it takes a lot to freak me out. Fish is the one exception to where like, if I see a fish 10 feet away and like, I grant it has to be a little bit, it has to be a big enough fish for me to respect it. But like, I can't do fish when I'm fishing. I know this is going to be a sin as a Texan. When I catch a fish, somebody else has to take it up. I don't like touching fish. That's just the one thing about me that like, it grosses me out. I, I you know, it's funny you say that. I'm exactly the same way. I mean, I'll go fishing all day and I'll enjoy it. As soon as I catch that thing in real in, I'm like, <laughs> I turn to my wife and I'm like, you want to unhook this for me? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I lose my man car with that, but it's the honest <laughs> truth. I'm honest with people, but no, it's, it's, and it's funny. Like the, the fish were like on a timer. They came at the same time every day. And then, so like, it, it, it was funny to see, like, I'm not going in the water between like 11 and 12 and pelicans were trying to shoot down and, and eat them. It was kind of crazy. It was a good, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was good to see it from the beach, not in the water when I'm in between the school of fish, but <laughs> I would have given it at least a two hour buffer to make sure I don't even come close to touching yeah, a fish. Exactly. But... Yeah. My, my, um, my nerves were a little bit shot there, but it, it was definitely a good time. It was definitely the rest, and... rest and relaxation I needed. 
And I expect everybody who listens to this show to wish Tony and his wife a belated anniversary. Thank you. Your job as a listener. <laughs> I appreciate that. And honestly, another task, if we're going to give the listeners any tasks, please send us some pictures of like you guys like grilling out and chilling. If you guys are listening yep. to our podcast and you're over the grill or you got an adult beverage, please send that over. I would I would love to see that and kind of see some of our loyal listeners Um, kind of what you're doing on a, on a fun Monday holiday. So do um, we? Do we play the role of judge and whoever sends us the best looking meal for Memorial Day, we give them a shout out on the next pod? I'm down to do that. Yeah, I love it. Right. Yeah. If the listeners send us over and if we like it, me and Aiden will kind of we'll come together with discuss and we'll pick a winner <laughs> and we'll shout you out. But and it may All be right. different. Maybe two get shout out. Maybe we can't agree. So um, that would be cool. That'd be fun. But um, I know people listen to us for cowboy stuff. So let's kind of dive into that. And, you know, for a quiet you know, May, late May, Memorial Day weekend. There's some news. There's some things to talk about here, and I'm excited yep. to talk about it. So let's start off with uh, the elephant in the room, Um, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins-sized elephant in the room and the fact that he has been outright released by Arizona. By now, you've heard about this for the last couple of days. Um, We haven't really had a chance to give our take on it. So, uh, Aiden, I want to kind of ask you initially, first off, what do you make of it? I mean, I think it's a pretty big surprise. That's a big fat cap number. I think it's like $21, $22 million. The Cardinals are eating to do that. So where do you, where do you sit here with the Aiden, um, with the DeAndre Hopkins news? Yeah, to me, there's three aspects of this. There's what should have happened. There's what should happen. And then there's what will happen. I'll start with what should have happened. If the Cardinals were just going to outright, outright release DeAndre Hopkins and they were going to, like you said, eat that massive cap number, I think... I really think it would have been, and we talked about this during the draft, I think it would have been an incredibly smart move to have say, for the Cowboys to send them. It only would have taken like a fourth, fifth round pick. Send them a pick and say, hey, you eat some of this cap, but we're going to eat the rest so that you don't have to take it all on yourself. And in return, you're getting draft value. And so A, for the Cowboys, it's a cheaper DeAndre Hopkins contract because he's about to ask for a lot on the open market. And then for the Cardinals, it works for them because they don't have to absorb as much dead cap. That's what should have happened. What should happen is DeAndre Hopkins is still an elite receiver, easily in my top 10. I think you could make an argument that he's a top five receiver, at least skill-wise, still even at his age now. I still think he's worth the investment. But then we get into what will happen. He's not signing with the Cowboys. He's going to be asking for, if if I had to guess, somewhere between 20 to $25 million. I mean, we just saw OBJ get about that on the open market. He got like 18 So I expect DeAndre Hopkins to get way more than Steven's willing to pay. So yeah. I'm already discounting this as something that's not happening for the Cowboys. And that's a good point. I think the floor is absolutely what OBJ got, right? Like, I think Andre Andre Hopkins is a healthier, more recently, more productive wide receiver, less of a personality. So I think by all metrics, I think people would rather have a DeAndre Hopkins than an OBJ. So I don't see any planet on earth where that isn't at least the floor. And that's where it starts. And I think what you said is absolutely accurate. I think the Cowboys understand what you said. And that's probably why he's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. But at the same time, this is a move that the Cowboys could fit under the cap if they wanted to. They could make it work. And, and you know, that's something that I would explore. If he, if he's willing to come here, which it sounds like, you know, he was asking to come in Dallas. I mean, he was working out with Des Bryant. He was in the city talking to a lot of people around the organization. Seems like there'd be real interest in him joining the team. Now that's kind of cooled off since Brandon Cooks got here. But at the same time, those, I'm sure those feelings didn't really go away. So I think there is interest there. Whether it's mutual or not is another question. But another question. And I do want to ask you is 
does it make sense to add him to the group? Or would that move to add him be like, okay, we're shopping Michael Gallup now? Or or can he coexist with that group and be four big, uh, big wide receivers in that room? I absolutely think that if you, for this year, for 2023, you, you can absolutely have four great wide receivers. And that is what, I mean, Michael Gallup's like ish, like we'll see what, we'll see what another year of health looks like for Michael Gallup. But if you could equip that room with Hopkins cooks Gallup, and then the wide receiver one being CD lamb, I mean, no, that's absolutely too much. Too much talent is not a problem. Eventually the Cowboys are going to have to push their chips in on one season and just say, listen, this is it. We're going in now. And I, think 2023 is the year. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen after this with the Trayvon contract, with the CD contract. Uh, you're eventually going to have to pay Micah Parsons a metric ton of money. And so, like, you're not going to be able to sustain. Like, the Cowboys have a very young core right now. Push your chips in. If, like, And I think it needs to happen now. And to me, DeAndre Hopkins is the perfect example of pushing your chips in on 2023 and saying, we are going to be competitive this year. It is, we are finally aiming for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, shout out to Danny Phantom and some of the other people who had different opinions on it, which is totally fine, which makes this more fun. Um, I know Danny had mentioned, like, it doesn't make too much sense and that some of the special teams logistics would hurt because four of you wide receivers would not be, uh, you know, special teams guys, which I completely understand. And that's a real question to have. Like, how do you configure special teams? That's an important, it's a, a third of your team, right? So, but I look at this like that, right? If there's four wide receivers and it's the four we mentioned and we know, Brandon Cooks, Gallup, CD, and DeAndre Hopkins, Five and six are going to be special teams guys. And if you pencil Cavante Turpin in here, that's a, a, a almost damn near exclusive special teams guy right there. Yep. And let's say the fifth wide receiver is Simi Fajoko. That's a role he's very familiar with too. So now you get two of your six who are not exclusively special teams guys, but that's going to be their main role. Now, if that's how they configure it and your fourth wide receiver isn't going to be a special teams guy and may buy a job for somebody who we're going to talk about later and like a Kelvin Joseph where, okay, maybe he doesn't figure into the cornerback room but they like the things he does on special teams a guy like hunter lepke the fullback from north dakota state who who is a is a jackknife who seems to be a jackknife where he can play tight end he can play fullback and you know what he's probably going to have a role in special teams i mean you can bet your life on it right so now you might have to go long at different positions i mean there's so many young athletic linebackers on this team that they're going to have to play special teams so i think if if adding DeAndre Hopkins, the only thing you can say about it is no good is how are you going to configure your special teams room? That's not a, a good enough excuse for me not to pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, the thing, here's the thing special teams. Yeah. It's a third of the game, but in terms of how much it moves the needle on a given week in terms of win and losses, I benchmark it at 5% maybe. And most of that's on your kicker, which is another issue that we haven't really dived into, but right. signing DeAndre Hopkins will not affect your kicker situation. So when you're talking about if the, like you said, if the knock is you're going to have to figure some things out on special teams, you know what? I trust John Fossil. And if you were telling me that the Cowboys can have the best wide receiving core in the league, and yes, it would absolutely be better than the Bengals at that point. It would be better than any other wide receiving core, possibly like, in the last 20 years, I, I can't think of a wide receiving core that would compete with that. To all your, to all the Dak haters out there, if you don't trust in Dak, you should be in for signing DeAndre Hopkins because if Dak can't succeed, succeed with those four guys, yeah, he's not the guy. 
So might as well, like, like I said, push your chips on 2023, say it's all or nothing. Dak, if you can't succeed with this wide receiving core with a top five defense, arguably top three, then yeah, you're not like, this isn't happening. So like, this is the time. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of, you answered the question that I was already going to ask here and say, is there too much, is there such thing as too many weapons? Right. And I think you kind of answered that the answer is no. I mean, I, I I know there's one football and everybody wants to get their touches, but if you have four wide receivers plus two or three tight ends that you trust and a running back in Tony Pollard and some interesting pieces like Kevante Turpin and Deuce Vaughn, like that's a defensive problem. I don't care about the problem it gives us. Like if everybody's bought into a championship mindset and everybody's more worried about the W's instead of the stats, like you're going to be taken care of. I, I can't imagine CD lamb is the type of guy who's like, Oh, I, he's already got assurances. You know, CD lamb's getting paid, right? He's going to be yep. a Dallas Cowboy for a long time. He's going to get his money. I can't imagine him being like, you know, nah, I need my numbers. You know what I mean? I need my stats because because usually 99.9% of the time, the guys want their stats because it equates to dollar bills. Now, he knows he's getting his money. Let's go get other people that can come in and help you win a championship because you know what helps? A legacy. A legacy gives you money. Legacy gives you money, long money when you're out of the league. So if if everybody here can buy into the, to the idea of let's come together as a, co- a cohesive unit, let's bring in as much talent as we can, and let's try to combat because the defense seems to be raring to do some really special stuff. If the offense can can match that this might be the most complete Dallas Cowboys team we've seen in a very long time probably in my lifetime it, yeah in my lifetime definitely like you would not be competing with it and here's the thing and we've talked about this countless times it's a passing league now and like you're either in two boats either you believe in Dak Prescott and in this case adding DeAndre Hopkins to a competent quarterback which is I think the boat that both of us fall into adding DeAndre Hopkins with a competent quarterback to a receiving core that's already pretty solid, it would be outstanding to watch. I mean, we're talking about like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Gallup's one thing. DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, like that is otherworldly. Or you fall into, like I said, the group that if you don't believe in Dak, let him prove it. Give him the best receiving core in the league and let him let him fall flat if you believe that's going to happen. And so... To answer your question, the only time I think adding a receiver like this is actually adding too many weapons is harmful is if you have a young receiver that's developing. Like if Gallup was in his second, third year in the league, yeah, you probably want to see how he develops and let him play that wide receiver three role. But we know what we have in Gallup. He's never going to be he's never going to be a wide receiver one in this league, but he's going to be a very, very solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And so if he's your wide receiver four, even better scary it's scary and that's the thing i'm i'm not a dreamboat i'm not some type of person that's i want to sign everybody who's ever been free that's not my that's not my mentality but when it makes sense and financially it makes sense and on the field it makes sense and and this is a year like i know everybody's saying like hey the the cowboys don't have a win now mentality like they always kind of just try to try to stay level-headed that's totally fine but that's also to me sounds like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth when you say that because you you in one breath we say this team drafts really well. So if they draft really well, then they're always thinking about the future. But if there's something you can do financially to help right now, you can do both and try to have the best of both worlds. I'm not going to say let's not sign DeAndre Hopkins because that's an all-in move and we need to think about the future when you actively think about the future every offseason. And uh, another point that I sh- I should have brought up earlier is the fact that wide receiver 4 
is going to get meaningful snaps. Whoever it is on the Dallas Cowboys, whoever's playing wide receiver four is going to get a decent amount of playing time. He's going to get a decent amount of targets, especially if an injury happens. And right now, outside of Lamb, Gallup, and Cooks, who do you trust? Like, who do you actually trust to get meaningful snaps and meaningful targets? Because my answer is nobody. I don't think I, like, it's it's a project. Fajoko's always been a project. Turpin, I mean, we're not going to act like Turpin's friend of the show. Love Turpin as a returner. We're not going to act like he's going to be a thousand yard receiver in this league we i just mean, don't know everything yeah, exactly. behind that is yeah. a question mark every name you so, mentioned is yeah. somebody it's like i hope he's this i hope he's that when you bring in deandre hopkins and you're like i know these guys that you know yep. there's three four guys that would have 1000 yard seasons like i don't think there is a team that could can say that so um it's definitely worth a conversation i know rj i believe rj did a, a podcast saying like why they, he thinks that they should do it. I know Danny Phantom is, you know, I keep mentioning him cause he's been on the other side of it, but it's a healthy debate. It's a good conversation. I think it's something that is worth uh, mentioning and talking about. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see what kind of what the fans think. Cause I know a lot of fans in this fan base, like sign everybody, sign this, sign that, but there's a lot of smart fans in this fan base. And I think they understand the value of adding a player like that especially if the financials make sense. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, more than likely it probably doesn't happen because it's <laughs> not the type of thing that, you know, yep. if we're all on board on it, it's not going to happen, but it would be fun to see. And uh, speaking of fun is the next segment. I'm going to kind of let you take the lead on it. It was your idea. We're going to do a little bit of buy or sell OTA, um, OTA uh, segment here. So Aiden, take it away for me, man. Yeah. So in case you weren't aware, football is happening, albeit at a, significantly slower pace and with significantly less pads than what we're used to and significantly less exposure for the fan. But we do have some reports on who's been showing up to Cowboys OTAs, who's been performing well, who's look looking like an early breakout so far. And this is, let me make sure I'm citing my source right because I want to give them credit. This is from Jerry Trotta of the Landry Hat. He came up with four names or Cowboys players who are already turning heads at OTA. It's an excellent article if you haven't read it. So I'd definitely recommend it as a read if you haven't. But here are four names that Jerry Trotta cites as breakouts so far in OTAs. And Tony, I want I want to turn the floor up. What we are going to do is we're going to answer the question, are we buying into the hype of this player breaking out, returning to form in the 2023 season, or do we think this is just camp fluff? So the first name on this list, the player that's been showing out at OTA so far, didn't have a good 2022 campaign. We've already discussed him a little bit. Michael Gallup has apparently Mm. been looking pretty good at OTAs. Tony, are you buying in? I am. I think there's something real about the fact that coming off an ACL injury, it's more mental than physical. He needed to get his mental right. And last year just wasn't right. So when, when you hear a guy talking about, I feel more springy, I feel like more like myself when he's talking about those type of things, that's sounds like mental hurdles to me. And that was always what it was about. He was afraid to you know pro- push on it. He didn't like the way it felt. It was sore at times more sore than he's probably used to after having a surgically repaired knee. Um, but to go out there and, you know, feel confident on it, um, have the whole off season go into this year. If you can stay healthy through training camp into week one, I, I, like you said, with Brandon cooks in the fold with CD lamb, you know, rising to the top, 
I don't expect massive numbers from Michael Gallup, but I expect to see what we come to expect about Michael Gallup, which is great hands going up and getting the football, making some tough contested catches on the sideline. Um, I'm bullish on Michael Gallup. I understand what last year was. I know a lot of fan bases or a lot of people in the fan base hope that he would be more than he was last year, but it was just never the reality. But I am buying in on Michael Gallup in 2023. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you you stole both my talking points here is the fact that a there is real data that an ACL injury, the recovery time is normally you normally return to form a season after you get injured. So that would be this year for Michael Gallup. If you want proof of that, look at J.K. Dobbins last year. If you watch his highlights, he was running on one leg. I mean, there's just a lot of data that goes into the fact that ACL injuries specifically, normally the timetable is like a year from you returning to return to true form. So I'm I'm buying in on this, but I do think you prefaced it well. I don't think we should expect like Michael Gallup. Keep in mind, Michael Gallup was never the wide receiver one on this team, and he will never be the wide receiver one on this team. So I don't want fans to start expecting that. Oh, another year of healthy Gallup. Maybe he's like this 15 yard, 10 touchdown receiver who's like the wide receiver two one B under CD lamp, like Michael Gallup's never going to be that. And I think we have to lower expectations, but what Michael Gallup will provide is he's going to provide big catches when they need the most. He provides size that the Cowboys really don't have right now. And I mean, just adding that contested catch ability, I think is going to be huge for Dak moving forward, especially as he starts gaining trust with Gallup. Absolutely. And I think um, just adding a guy like Brandon Cooks, like you mentioned, is is huge because it, it, the trickle down effect of matchups is big. Like Michael Gallup's going to end up on a sometimes he's going to end up on a third wide receiver. You know what I mean? I mean, a third cornerback who's going to be in a mismatch like Michael Gallup in that spot is is a is a, is a winner in most cases. Right. So you feel good about it. And, you know, I think. I think people have the right to be a little pessimistic, but I think that a lot of signs point to encouragement when it comes to Michael Gallup's 2023 season. Completely agree. Our second name is another wide receiver and another guy we've already touched on a little bit. More of a returner. Cavante Turpin is turning heads, but not for his returnability. He's turning heads based based off the fact that people think he could receive some meaningful reps or receiver this year, and he's developing as a wide receiver. Tony, are you buying in to him being a receiver? Well, if you listen to the first and ten podcast during the Super Bowl week, you heard Kevante Turpin say it here on on the pod. He said, "You know, I want to produce and I want to have a good enough training camp where I leave no doubt." that they have to use me offensively. So I don't know if I'm buying it and it's not really anything he's done wrong. It's, you know, it's Michael Gallup, it's Brandon cooks, it's CD lamb. So 
yes, we talk about DeAndre Hopkins and we talk about there's only one football. And I, I just to Turpin may be able to be used in an offensive way in his offensive bag developing is a really good thing for the Cowboys. So I don't know if I'm buying or selling it. I just don't know if the options or the opportunity will be there for him to really kind of push it in one way. I think if they get anything offensively from him in the slot in a, in a traditional passing sense is obviously a plus from last year. It makes him more dynamic. We know what he can do special teams wise. So I'm encouraged. I think I like what he can do. I think that the, the mix of him and Duke's Vaughn there is a really fun element and wrinkle to this offense. So I guess I'm buying it, you know, half cup buying it. I'm not fully in it yet. Yeah. I'll sell this in the sense that, I mean, I don't think he's he's not going to be a 50, 60, 70 target type of guy. What he's going to be is what we've seen, at least in the past season, is Kellen Moore. And I don't really know how this is going to change under McCarthy. But when Kellen Moore was in his bag and he was bringing out his chi- his trick plays, he liked to run the plays through CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard. With Tony Pollard now being the RB1, CeeDee Lamb is the guy that you can't really risk on those end-around trick plays-ish. I expect Kevontae Turpin to take that role now. It's like... You're going to see him on a lot of end arounds, a lot of screens, plays close to the line of scrimmage. Like, that's what I like in an I in a world where Kevontae Turpin, quote unquote, breaks out as at receiver. That's what I expect. It's not he's not going to be a thousand yard receiver. He's probably not even going to be four or five hundred yards, but it's going to be meaningful plays throughout the season. And so. But I, th- I think I'm selling the fact that like he's a wide receiver now. I'm I'm more buying into the he'll be a cool gadget to use. Yeah. And speaking of gadget, what I want is I want more reps in totality, which is hard. I know they're going to have to find a way to make it work. But in order for those end arounds and those trickeration type of plays to really hit, they're going to have to show it in a fake sense a bunch. Right. Have them yep. come around, fake it, dump it off to somebody else, do it in between. Like if they can't have the fact that every single time Kevontae turns in the game they're going to give him the football right so they got to get him in motion they got to get him on the field they have to use him because if you can lull the defense to sleep and then he hits it it could be a game changer it could be a game breaker and there's been a lot of shoestring tackles that he had in in um special teams world that like okay if he could have got this one and took a left here he was going to the house so for me it's if they can kind of mimic that on the offensive side of the ball with fresh legs because we talk all the time he played 30 plus football games last year in the calendar year that's a lot of football now it's a full off season a real off season i'm expecting Avante Turpin to show us the best of what he got i agree i will the one downside is I do think Brandon Cooks does a lot of what like a a Turpin offensive weapon would do in terms of Cooks is now the speed guy on offense. So I think that caps his upside a little bit. But I mean, we'll see. I'd like the Cowboys to use him as a weapon as well. Let me so um, the, let me present this real quick. What if they go four wide, right? And it's you know CD Gallup, love it. you know Brandon Cooks, and it's Cavante Turpin. And even if you're not using Turpin. Get him in motion, get the thought in there. And now you get three main wide receivers out there running their routes, being explosive. And, you know, I, it, there's a lot of things that Mike McCarthy and this offense can do. So it's exciting to talk about. If no, I complete, I am completely buying into more four wide receiver sets next year because with th- the three re- big receivers that the Cowboys had, start throwing in Tolbert, start throwing in Turpin, and let's just have some fun. I mean, yeah. you let's see what these guys can do. Cause like <laughs> we said, these are mostly developmental guys. So the third name we'll we'll talk about is a name that definitely we've had some ups and downs about over the years on this show. One, Kelvin Joseph. 
Tony, are you buying into a, what, third year? Yeah, third year breakout campaign for Kelvin Joseph at corner? I'm selling, big time selling. And and it's it's a shame because a second round pick to be in the third year and he's kind of the team and himself kind of grasping at straws. I would absolutely love to be wrong because I think the talent is there, right? The fact that he is looking at nickel you know, nickel snaps, safety snaps. The fact that he's not really factoring into the cornerback room anymore is not a great sign for my man, right? Like he's going to have to be CJ Goodwin on special teams or, you know, dive into this, you know, safety nickel role and really grab it because like, who's he going to beat out? I mean, of this, of the safeties on the roster, the big three, then there's Israel Mukwamu, there's Marquise Bell. There's just, where is the space for him? And then in nickel, you got Deron Bland, you got Jordan Lewis, we got some of these young rookies. Like, like he's really on his, on borrowed time at this time. And, you know, it, it's tough to see now because the ability is there. I just don't know if it's between the ears that is his issue is, but I'm selling big time. And it's, and it's kind of, it might be too little too late, but I would love to be wrong. Yeah, I'm selling as well. This one to me was a pretty easy sell, but you did cite, and I think you you made some good points. The talent, we've always seen the talent-ish. Like we've seen, he's obviously plays on special teams. We've seen the speed. We've seen him have flashes of like, oh, wow. Like especially his rookie year where he didn't play a ton of snaps, but it was like, oh, wow, that's a pretty impressive play for a cornerback to make, a rookie cornerback, especially like, Maybe, maybe Kelvin Joseph will be something. We just obviously in year two saw a drastic drop off from that. So like, it wouldn't shock me if he became like the cornerback. I don't know. What's the best case scenario? Cornerback four. Yeah. Is there any chance he he beats out Jordan Lewis? That's the, that's the thing, right? I mean, if they pick him, it's because it had to been close and the money's better. Like that's the only way like Jordan Lewis can only be a cap casualty if somebody's doing better for less money. Otherwise, why would you risk it? Yeah, I mean, it would really it would surprise me if he became cornerback four. And so for that reason, I'm selling. But I mean, what let's ballpark a five percent chance that happens. Yeah. Hit think, for him to be cornerback four. Well, it's, 10, so, it's funny, like for him to not be really in the mix at cornerback, at least outside cornerback. Then you try to change positions at some well-established spots where there's two guys ahead of you at nickel and there's five ahead of you at safety. It's like, my man, you better really become a special team <laughs> demon. And let me say one last thing I want to add, and this is relates to other OTA news. Apparently, Israel Mukwamu is showing that his shift to cornerback at the end of last year, that might be a he might be in the cornerback mix now. Like, is is he might be a permanent cornerback? And from what we saw last year, like in the one, two games we saw from, I guess it was one game against the Buccaneers, I'd take that one game of Israel Mukwamu over anything Kelvin Joseph showed us. It was just sometimes this. Simple football game is just that simple. It's confidence. <laughs> Israel Mukwamu had a job. He did it well. He did it confidently. And we're like, man, he's going to go into Tampa Bay and he's going to be a, a that chip that we've been looking for. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all in on Izzy yeah. being there and that might open a safety spot for him. So who knows? Yeah. So uh, Kelvin Joseph, the jury's still out, I guess. This is a make, make or break it year, right? For Kelvin Joseph. For sure. It I might be a make can, or yeah. break summer. He might not even make yeah. it out make it to week one if it doesn't go right. True. So the last name we'll talk about is one that I think I already know your answer, but one Deuce Vaughn, rookie Deuce Vaughn is showing out at OTAs. 
I'll make this a little bit more difficult for you. Tony, are you buying or selling him being the running back two on this roster? Let's say by week. Let's say week one. Is he the week one running back two? I'm selling. I'm selling. Okay. I think he's a gadget guy. I think he's the third running back. And I think that's the amount of respect for I have for Ronald Jones. I put a tweet out. I know you saw that. So yep. I think Ronald Jones is getting not as much you know respect as he possibly or probably should. I know Malik Davis is has a fan base here. I realize that Malik Davis has a big fan base <laughs> around here. So good for Malik Davis. You know me, how I feel about Rico Dowell. So there's some people he's got to beat out. Do I think Deuce Vaughn has a role in this team? Do I think he's absolutely going to be a factor? 100%. Like Deuce Vaughn will be here. He's going to do special teams. He's going to be the guy they're going to use their speed. So I definitely believe that. Now, if, is he the... Tony Pollard needs a blow. Let's go give Deuce Vaughn a series right now. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I think that we're going to have to wait and see on that. But so I sell on Deuce Vaughn as two, but I'm high on Deuce Vaughn as a player as a whole. I, I'll sell him being the week one running back two. If you said if you had it at like week eight running back two, I think I'm buying that. I think okay. like now, granted, that comes with an asterisk. He's never going to be the short yardage running back. Like if even when he's in for a given, like let's say he gets a stretch of six, seven plays a series. If if they're at third and one, Ronald Jones is immediately coming onto the field because there's no way Mike McCarthy is letting Deuce Vaughn run at third and one. But like if you're telling me that like Deuce is getting six, seven carries a game, maybe like double digits on the occasional week by week eight, I think I'm buying that. I think like if he shows out and he does what he is like, he was a very productive running back in college. If he can even come close to touching that, it would not surprise me at all. If he was a running back too, by the halfway point in the year. I would love to see that. Like, I would love to see a sixth round pick somebody who is like of his stature, you know, his story to come in there and be a star and be a rock star. And I would love for the Cowboys to be the team that found that. So I would love to see it happen. I actually said it to uh, somebody who tweeted at me yesterday, I believe. And I was like, this is the first time in a long time we've had like real competition at the running back room. So yep. it's, it's going to be fun to see who's going to be the two, three, four guy and where everybody fits in and how they use them. So it's going to be fun. And, and Deuce Vaughn's definitely squarely in that mix. Yeah. I'm we're both on the Deuce trend. Yeah. <laughs> so, Deuce. We Go gotta ahead, get what? the guy. We, we gotta get the guy a nickname. Like he's too cool not to have a nickname. I think Deuce is the nickname. His first name's Chris, I think, right? Isn't it Chris Vaughn? And then it's like Deuce Vaughn. So listen. Yeah, but Deuce, Deuce is Deuce, like yeah. <laughs> the Deuce is loose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. All right, so yeah. We get you know what? We gotta try to get him on the podcast and you know yeah. be like, listen, man, I'm five six, you're five five. Let's you know, let's have a short man podcast and come <laughs> on the show. But no, nah, I, I yeah, Deuce Vaughn has a lot of fans here. He's got a big fan base and you know, I'm not rooting for Jordan Lewis to get cut, but you know, I would love to see Deuce in that number two. I think that'd be fun. But <laughs> he needs thought, he needs number two. When yeah, you change your name to Deuce, you need number yeah. two. Forty two is is not. I know I'm I'm people don't like it. I mean, people like it. I'm not one of them. But uh, I digress. Onto the third topic here. That was a fun episode or a fun segment of buy sell OTA edition. So as we move on to our third and final segment of this Memorial Day, um, we're talking about the old line and I, I kind of wrote in my notes, old line mess question mark. I don't know if it's a mess or it's a mishmash here, but you know, we're hearing Tyron Smith at right tackle, Tyler Smith at left tackle. We're hearing about Josh Ball at right guard because Zach Martin wasn't playing. We're hearing about different combinations on the inside. Um, what do you make of it, Aiden? Like what is this anything? Is this nothing? Is it just OTA fodder? What is this to you? 
Yeah. So from what we're hearing, the starting offensive line, and like you said, keep in mind, Terrence Steele and Zach Martin are not at OTAs. At least they're not doing actual football activities at OTAs. But what we're hearing is that starting offensive line from left to right is going Tyler Smith, Matt Woletsko, Tyler Biotish, um, Josh Ball, and then Tyron Smith. To, that, to me, there's a couple interesting notes. Number one is the fact that Tyler Smith is at tackle. I don't know whether that's like, a, well, we don't have, like, Zach Martin's gone, so we're having to play a little bit of guard flexibility, so let's have you start out at left tackle, or if, like, is he actually the left tackle now? And like Terrence Steele is for sure going to be a guard this year. Like, I don't know what to make of that, but I will say the fact that Chuma Doga, who is an actual guard, isn't on the starting offensive line when you're down two guards. Like to me, this means Chuma Doga, it's either Josh Ball and Matt Walesko are really showing out or Chuma Doga is just like, he's going to be, he's roster fodder. He'll get cut before we even get a chance to see him on the field. Yeah, and, and I mean this with the, as much respect as I possibly can because this stuff really matters. It does matter, and we should pay attention to it. But I don't give a damn how they line up right now in OTAs because yep. at the end of the day, until I'm proven wrong, week one, Sunday night in New York, if it isn't Tyler Smith or Tyron Smith, the left tackle with Tyron Smith right next to him at, at left guard, that's what I think is going to happen. That's my full under understanding. The only thing that I see that would even make that not a possibility in my mind is that Terrence Steele isn't ready. If Terrence Steele isn't ready and he's not at right tackle, that's the only way that shouldn't be the configuration. So with that being said, Terrence Steele didn't, he's not ready right now. All indications are he should be good for training camp, but we've yep. seen that before. I mean, we've seen them talk in May. He'll be ready to go. And next thing you know, who knows, he might be on pup to start the camp. So I don't want to put that out in the universe, but we've seen it and we've seen it happen before. So is the fact that Tyler Smith, at left tackle, left tackle right now, because keep in mind, what easily could have happened is you could have had Tyler Smith play left guard and then shift Josh Ball out to left tackle just for the early part of OTAs. So, like, does this worry you that Tyler Smith's starting out at left tackle? I see it a little differently, and I think some people feel the same way I do, but maybe not. I, I think they're secure in what Tyler Smith is at the left guard spot. They in and, and okay. for the sake of that they might as well just keep him a left tackle because they want to see what Josh Ball has at guard. They want to see what, you know, what uh, Matt Farnia right. can look like at guard. So I think they're more worried about info gathering on those guys, right? I think Tyler Smith is a starter. It's a, it's undeniable. If he's healthy, he's going to be starting somewhere. So I think they know that. They're comfortable with what they see. And I think Mike McCarthy even alluded to the fact that they're trying to figure it out as a whole here. So I, I put more stock in the fact that they're trying to fit puzzle pieces together here than where Tyler Smith is in, you know, the first OTA practice. Yeah. And by the way, you just corrected my mistake. I said, Matt, well, let's go at left guard. Yeah, you're right. It was Matt Farniok at left guard. I just, I don't know why in the early part of OTAs and maybe you're right. Like I think, I definitely think it's a very, very real possibility that you're just making it work with what you have and what you have does not include Zach Martin or Terrence Steele right now. It just seems weird to me that you like Tyler Smith is your he's the young star of this offensive line. Why wouldn't you let him like give him the OTA period to like, get adjusted to the position he's going to play? And so I don't I'm not buying too much into this, but the fact that he's at left tackle right now, it's at least making me raise an eyebrow that maybe the Terrence Steele move interior is an actual thing like he's 
Terrence Steele's losing weight. We've seen him. I think he's dropped like something like 10 pounds. We're starting to see Tyler Smith at left tackle. I don't think it's going to happen, but I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. My only thing is, and this is probably, you know, the, to the detriment of how the Cowboys handle their business, but he played literally left guard the entire training camp last year and then started at left tackle sure. in week one. So I think that how, <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do. They're just going to fit you in there. And it is a new offensive line coach. So the new offensive line coach might be trying to figure out what he has here, right? This is his first time with pads and a helmet in his own eyes with these guys. So I think there's a lot of info gathering, especially with some of the new staff. So last question for you in terms of this, so I, Josh Ball, are we, is the fact that he's getting meaningful reps as a starter, beating out guys like Chuma Doga, are you maybe positional flexibility for Josh Ball? Are you buying into this? Well, that's what they starting? want. They did yeah, say that yeah. they were trying to get him some guard looks. And I think Josh yeah. Ball and Kelvin Joseph are probably in a similar sense where they got to figure out something, right? Yeah. If, like they're trying to grasp at straws, try to keep a draft pick on the staff here. But um, if Josh Ball doesn't make it work on the inside, he could be a, a cut before week one is too as well in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know why. Like to me, Chuma Doga should be getting guard reps because like in theory, he's your backup guard. Like no, our like guard, like the first guard that would come off the bench. But I don't know. Maybe Josh Balls, he's an undiscovered gym at guard. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, it's it's good to kind of dive in and think about this, but it's it's tough not to take too much from it, right? Because it's all it's with a grain of salt. But it's it's a great question. You bring Truma Dogan all offseason, people are like, Well, you know, if you don't figure out the left guard spot, he's your left guard. And now it's like, oh, the first couple of OTAs, it's everyone but him. So <laughs> it's interesting to see how they're going to handle that. But um, it's fun topic. I mean, it's it, it's it's a fun conversation to have here to have here. Excuse me. And, um, you know, kind of before we wrap things up on this Memorial Day episode of the First and Ten podcast, anything else you want to touch on? Anything that you have to get off your chest? No, we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but. Izzy moving to cornerback really excites me. I'm yeah. I'm ready to see Izzy at cornerback because what we saw from the Buccaneers game is this dude can play football. Let's get him on the field. And that's fun. And I think also if you if you read through the tea leaves and his his Twitter likes and stuff, it's something he wants too. You yep. know, he was a corner at South Carolina. He's a big bodied corner. And I think I think they liked his versatility. That's why they moved him to safety. But Dan Quinn was probably like the my guy, my type of player is right here. You know what I mean? Let's move him to corner and see what we can do. And I think everyone in the fan base, including him, is excited to see what he could do. I am. I'm excited. Absolutely. So again, that's a that's another episode of the First and Ten podcast. Again on Memorial Day, everybody enjoy your day. Make sure you have um, spend some time with your family, reflect on some of your lost members of the, the military, and just uh, you know remember what the holidays for and have a good time. Relax, like Aiden says. It's good to have a Monday off, so enjoy it. Um, for everybody that's here with us, that is uh, First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Have a great rest of your day. We'll catch you next week. Peace.